you're listening to Life in the Peloton with Midge Stocker. Me. to another episode of Life in the Peloton. This time I'm chatting with Welshman Lou Groh. He's been riding on Team Sky for the last four years and has developed himself into a little specialist in the Belgium Coldstone Classics. We discuss what it is to be a real classics man and just what it is a Belgium Classic one day race. So sit back and I hope you guys enjoy. All right, we're in. We're rolling. So I'm here with Lou Groh. Uh, we're here at the Sun Tour. Just had a hell of a day. Was it training for you today, mate? Because you were on the front today, and this is stage two of the Sun Tour, and I was sitting back behind, and I was watching you up there, and I was like, he must be training for the classics today, because he is just ripping everyone a new one. And um, yeah, it was it was an epic day. How 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 did you feel out there, mate? Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good day. Um... We spoke to Drake Pack before the stage and said we'd help them out. You know, right. no, no messing around. I think it was so. It was quite a short day. You what? know, we got through. Me, we were fairly confident, um, and Pete as well. So yeah, I said I'd ride. And to be honest, yeah, I think this block here, um, just want to. I just said to the DS, I just want to like treat, tra- you know, treat it as one big training block. Kind mm. of the more Ks I can do on the front, the better. You know, just that that type of work um, not too bothered about personal results or anything it's mm. all it's all like you said just looking ahead and focusing on the classics which is I've always, goal. I've always wanted this with you guys because I train my ass off out here in the summer how the hell do you get in shape <laughs> to come here I, I don't get it like you uh, like the I mean I think do you do like trips to Spain or you know do you just do it in the, in the cold and wet or what's the go what's the go the go is October's usually spent um, completely off you know I, I really do enjoy myself let my hair down I put on like <laughs> 8 kilos drink a load of piss and no I enjoy myself you know yeah. it's one month of a year um, then November I go to Monaco which yeah. is where I'm based um, that's just purely base miles yeah, just right. going out big groups club run type stuff and then December pretty much spend the whole month in Mallorca that's mm. with the team Yeah. and then already on the 27th of December I was down here in Oz Probably doing the same thing as you. Yeah. Um, so I've been here pretty much six weeks now. Yeah. Uh, so I've been lapping up the Aussie sun as well. So <laughs> no, I think you know, still a little bit of work to do, but definitely getting there now before the before the classics. Definitely getting there. So and that's actually what we want to speak about is the classics. Um, last year, top ten Roubaix, top ten in Head Volk or Head Newsblad as it's called. Yeah. I still call it Head Volk. So these are massive results and um, maybe not known the the weight of those results but um it's something I've always wanted to do and the classics for me is something that I came into cycling looking towards and I don't know why I was drawn to them I think it was maybe the photos in magazines and the hard man and everyone it was a fighting feel and all of a sudden I was drawn to these races and whether I made myself be good at them or I'm naturally good at these races I always wanted to do the classics and the classics, let's even go back a step. The classics, what are, what is a classic? 
is in your opinion what, what is a classic in my opinion a classic is it's kind of like a, a month period um, and it's just a series of one day races in Belgium uh, predominantly Belgium there's, there's and there's two types of classics there's the cobble classics which are possibly a bit a little bit more well known and what me and you know and what me and you do harder um, harder, harder races yeah the proper classics <laughs> the proper classics we like exactly. to call them yeah and then we have exactly. the Ardennes classics. The Britannian classics. Which are uh, debatable whether they're <laughs> yeah. classics, isn't it? But no. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're still hard man's races, but no cobblestones. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm still fleshly age, there's only three of them. Yeah. And they're sort of uh, shorter, punchier climbs. Mm. Um, where, yeah, the co- proper classics, what I think we're going to focus on is more in Belgium, cobblestones, shit weather, yeah. hard man races. Hard man races, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and then so, is it is that something that you came into cycling looking always towards, or suddenly you were just like, I'm up here racing in Belgium, the team raced me race in Belgium, and then you're like, hang on, I'm actually pretty good at these races, <laughs> or you're always just like, I want to do these classics races. No, I think it's it's pretty similar to what what you just said about you always had a passion for them. I think growing up, you know, we all little kids watching TV, looking at all the races and looking at our heroes and what have you, and I think. Um, you know, my hero was uh, Peter Van Pettigen, just the, and he was obviously a, a massive cobble massive cobble legend. Um, you know, I went over as a kid, watched parachute based on the side of the road. Did you? Yeah, yeah, little kid. I must have been 10, 11. The year, Mag- the year Magnus back said, oh, one, actually. Oh, wow. Um, and I must have been, yeah, 12 Where years old. Where were you? I was on the exact section. I don't know the name, but I should know the name. Oh, but what number do you reckon? Uh, six, seven to go. You know, the oh, big I... straight one. Yeah, and then it turns right, yeah. and it goes down. Oh right, um, uh, I'm not sure the name of it. Yeah, I wouldn't know the name either. I don't but know I was, any of those. I was names. right in front. I was right where uh, Leif Host got a, a Belgian flag, a Flemish flag, caught in his back wheel, oh, and that yeah. right in front of me. Shit. So I think just growing up, you know, they were always the races that for me that was that was the heart of cycling. And as yeah. soon as I went over and experienced it, stood on the side of the road, and uh, and got involved, I just instantly fell in love with them. Yeah, exactly. And that's like that point you're just making then. I was just saying to you before, like, people always ask me, you know, I'm coming across to Europe, what, what's some good races to come and watch? Should I come watch the Tour de France? Should I come watch the Giro? Great races in their own right. But if you really want to watch cycling and see cycling at its best, it's, I think it's the one-day classics and more specifically the Cobblestone classics and even more specific than that, Roubaix. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the pinnacle on top of any race to watch because you see in the tour for whatever reason you know it's a sprint day so the sprinters are racing the climbers are just getting through climbing day reverse classics race if you're not racing you're not there yeah and you're gonna see whatever it is 200 guys racing tooth to nail yeah and then also I think one thing I've noticed in Roubaix is it's probably the only race I actually state my exact result yes. and don't feel ashamed by it yeah. you know yeah. in, a, in a stage race if you go up to someone they go how'd you go Mitch and I go yeah I finished actually um, 33rd yeah you know it means nothing yeah, yeah. it means nothing yeah. you know yeah. unless you're in that top 3 or whatever and then you say in Roubaix uh, how'd you go Mitch and I'd be like oh I finished you know 56 that was the first um, year that I finished the first year I did it I didn't finish the second year I did it, I finished 56 and I remember some guy going to me Oh yeah, nice, good ride, mate. Yeah, you know, and you yeah, get that yeah. instant respect. And is that something that you feel with 
I think Roubaix, is that the same sort of feel you're like, are you like, oh yeah, I finished, I don't know, what What are your results actually since you've been started riding Roubaix? Well, I, I'm not going to be able to hit the number bang on the nose as well as you have. Um, I've, I've ridden the race three times, so last year we spoke about, I was eighth. Year before, maybe 40 something, something like that, 30th, mm. 40th. Mm. And the year before that, um, that was that was a shock, a very first section, Ian Stanard punctured literally 200 meters into the first into the first section so i gave him my wheel and then i was literally last man on the road middle of nowhere um but i managed to just like nail it for a few sections get in a group and I pretty much rode 150k with durbo actually yeah actually I, was, I, I know this story it's um, a pretty epic story me and him were together all day just like <laughs> going through groups just riding as hard as we could just as we get to the velodrome and that's and i guess that's what makes roubaix so special because everyone wants to finish yeah. any other race I'd have pulled out of the feed because it means nothing yeah. you know if I finish a one day race in 100th place it doesn't matter but no. finishing Roubaix in 100th place you can still like hold your head high That's still you can yeah still totally and even like out of time maybe not as high as you know a place but yeah. I still think any race that you finish out of time that's definitely one that you still get some respect out yeah. of yeah um, more, more specifically like coming into Roubaix the velodrome it's an amazing rush but I sort of want to know what it was like for you um, coming into Roubaix potentially sprinting for you know a top 10 or even yeah. better result than that yeah. last year what was that like yeah so there was it was actually seven guys in front yeah. um, and then I was myself and one other guy Jens Debuchy who was Belgian champion just two of us coming to the Velodrome alone and it was kind of it was kind of surreal I knew, I knew we weren't going to catch the guys in front I knew we weren't going to get caught from behind so it was just a case of focusing on the sprint and you know I was either going to be 8th or ninth, but like we said every position counts in that race so mm. just wanted to make sure I nailed him and I did um, <laughs> but yeah it's just you, you t come into that velodrome and it's almost like um, like some emotion comes out you know it's, yeah. you, you come in you see the big screen you see the you know the place erupts and it's just it's like no it's like no other finish of any other race no. you kind of cross the line and it's just like the whole that's that's the that's the last classic. That's the end of the classics. That they're, they're done for another yeah, year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it's kind of like quite a bit of emotion comes out, and it's just you kind of hugging someone you'd never hugged before, <laughs> and like <laughs> see some French guy from Major Char, and you're like, oh, nice one, mate, and you don't yeah. even know the guy. Um, You're best friends with him for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but yeah, coming to the Velodrome last year was yeah pretty special. Yeah, that's that's exactly the the feeling I had a few years ago. Um, I came in. There was a chance that we could sprint for top ten. Yeah. And um, the same thing, same thing sort of happened. And you know, I, the the adrenaline got to me. I led the sprint out, and I came last in our group. You know. Okay. But um, that's an amazing feeling. And I always, every single year that I come into that velodrome, it's the same thing. It's just like, what the hell? You know, I didn't think yeah. it would happen again. You know, I've done it. Yeah. You know, four times. I thought it would have been over it by now. But it's, it's the exact same thing. It's like when you kind of put it into perspective. I was speaking to Miller. Uh, Dave Miller not not this year the year before mm. and that was his last season as a pro and that was his last chance at Roubaix mm. and he'd ridden the classics all his career and he'd never finished hadn't so he never ever finished Roubaix never wow. got to the finish line yeah and that's like a guy like Dave Miller one of the you know a guy who's done a lot of results and what have you yeah and he'd never finished so that just puts into perspective how hard it is just, just to finish the race oh, and, and he did finish the race that day oh yeah right for the last year he got to the finish line huh but uh, just puts into perspective how how hard it is to just to even make it, you know. Yeah, exactly, and then like, and exactly, and then puts it 
a top 10 in perspective and then even a win you know yeah. like that's just sort of epic but yeah speak about that another time <laughs> but um and what about the other classics are you going to look towards like Flanders those are, are you sort of connected to them like Roubaix is Roubaix the pinnacle for you or is it so the classics for me run like I come in and do a race called Dwarves de Flandre and yep. which you also do and then not this year you're but, not doing it this year but we have done yeah yep. I've done the past few years yeah but. Um, and then move to a race E3 um, and then another race Ghent Wavelgum and then there's a there's a bunch of race uh, a little stage race there called De Pana. Yeah. And then we move into F- Tour of Flanders and Roubaix. And yep. that's more or less what my sort of classic schedule yep. is. And even though it doesn't sound like that much when you list it now, sort of like five races. Yeah. Shit, it feels like more than that. But um, what is, what's yours looking like? So mine is uh, yeah. Start. I go back here on Sunday, and I got two and a half weeks till Newsblad. Uh, yeah. Head Newsblad. Yep. Of course, that's um, the opening weekend. So that's the opening weekend. So we got Newsblad and Kern. Um, we then go pa- uh, Paris Nice, Milan San Remo. Uh, yeah, E3, same as you. E3, mm-hmm. Wevelgen, Flanders, Shelter Price midweek, yeah. um, and then Roubaix. So pretty similar. Um, but I mean, for the classics, I think, you know, it's, it's for me, it's not just Roubaix. I think that whole period is special. And mm. I think what, what you just said is there's not many. Like, mm. I, I'm, I'm doing like. Okay, they're probably doing a couple more than you, but still, there's five, six, seven opportunities, and maybe that's that's what makes them so special as well. Because if you go to a grand tour, you got 21 days, you got 21 opportunities. Yeah, that's true. But you make one one mistake, one something goes tits up, puncture, crash at the yeah. wrong time, it's over for another year. You know, you yeah. got to wait 365 days, and it, and potentially you'll think about it every other day. Yeah, just little mistakes. So. It's you just got to be so clinical in them races. Do you feel like you've got your own position now in the classics? Like, you know, I saw, um, was it last year, I think up the Tyneberg, like, the Tyneberg is a pretty pinnacle climb in a few of the Flemish races, but more specifically in Tour of Flanders. And a Belgian guy known, Tom Boonen, is really known, that's his climb. Yeah. There's a small gutter on the side, cobblestone climb, and on the, the right side, there's a small gutter where it's smooth, no cobbles. Yep. If you get in that, then it's a much easier and much faster. So it's it's a big fight for that cobble, for that gutter. And I noticed, must have been last year, I noticed that you were the second guy behind yeah. Tom or maybe third or was it? Yeah, second on him. Second. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, you have to almost earn that position. It's such a small thing that maybe not many people know about. Yeah. But inside the peloton, <laughs> pun <Yeah>. intended. Um, <laughs> That's a pretty big thing, and when you see like someone there, it's always Tom's always first, yeah. you know, because he's a freak. Yeah. <laughs> and then whoever's second, you're like, oh, nice move, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. You know, a few years ago it was Tom, uh, it was Boom, Lars Boom. Yeah. And then you know, I saw you there, and I was like, fuck, Rowy, <laughs> big move, you know. And it's yeah, that was little uh... things like that. Do you feel like now you're, you know, after top ten in Roubaix as well, and you're sort of earning your stripes per se? Yeah, that was. Yeah, Reese talking about that was Newsblad. That was um, Newsblad. Yeah, yeah, that was Newsblad. Where Boone hit it first and managed to get into second wheel somehow, um, <laughs> <laughs> dogging it out. But no, I think like with it, you know, within the, within the team, yeah, you got to earn your ranks. You know, it's like it's like any job. You're coming at the bottom and you make your way up. Um, and I think slowly but surely, I'm I'm definitely getting there. Uh, at the same time, you know, we've got Garant Thomas. Yeah. Um, Michael Kwiatkowski, world yeah. champion last year, who's just joined us, of course. and Ian Stannard. So we, you know, we got 
three pretty big names there who mm. can outright lead any one of them races and I'm possibly you know fourth in rank behind mm. them um, let's be realistic but at the same time like the team's given me thumbs up for a couple of races where I can go in with a free roll mm. um, and them guys are actually not, not racing all the classics mm. uh, this year we had, like Geraint is focusing a little bit more on the Ardennes or whatever yeah um, so yeah there's definitely opportunities and windows for me to have a good help for myself yeah but yeah it's like any job you've got to commit for a few years commit to the team earn your stripes what um, about inside the peloton like in terms of the other riders you know like because I noticed just a little thing when I came from you know a smaller team into say a pro tour team yeah all of a sudden I had a lot more respect and I could ride instead of riding 50th wheel I was able to ride 20th wheel a hell of a lot easier and then once the other guys started to know like you were a bit more fair income in the results side of things then they gave you a little bit more room too um, yeah have you noticed that? Um, it's still just like yeah, it's a tough one. Get to the s- hell out of the way. Yeah, it's a tough one to say. I mean, I know what you mean. You d- riders earn their stripes. I mean, subconsciously, if Boonen's on your right, yeah, you, you just you are going to make a bit more room for him. You know, just because yeah, he's a great guy, he's a classy guy, and he's won every race there is to win. Yeah. Subconsciously, you do give some guys more room. Um, I don't think I've quite, you know, done enough yet to, you know, have any say over the peloton or you know deserve any I think more respect so. than like, anyone else but I think like if you're if you're coming past me and it's like a, it's a critical moment and you know you're pushing and whatever it's like well it's Rowie yeah. he's not going to lose the wheel because you've subconsciously I know you've got the goods yeah. from whatever reason I've seen yeah. some move or I've got the results in the back of my mind whereas if it's a new guy even if he's say physically as strong as you or more you'd be like you don't know that yeah. you don't know that yeah. and you're like get out I'm not letting you in you yeah know? I think that's true. I mean, you you kind of you're happy to let riders go in front of you sometimes and let them in the line, or if they just push past you on a climb, you're you're fine with it because with certain riders, because yeah. you know who they are, you know they're reliable and they're going to hold the wheel. Yeah. Um, I'd like to think, yeah, I've earned enough respect and done a few rides that you know people will have confidence that they will let me in and stuff. But mm. um, I'll probably best off answering that question in a few months. We'll wait mm. and see. Yeah. But well, uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right, well, um, it was just a little sneak preview of the classics today. Um, we've still got to do some racing here at the Sun Tour, so we won't keep it going too long. I've got a couple of questions I want to ask you. I want to try and ask everyone a few questions now. Okay. Um, we've maybe even covered this already, but what's your favourite race and why? It doesn't necessarily have to be the favourite race you've ridden. It could be just your favourite race. Well, this Sun Tour's a quite a nice race so far. <laughs> it's quite... Uh quite relaxed pretty cruisy um, this is all time favourite race Peloton. but no I think you know it's got to be Roubaix yeah, just right. <laughs> for a million and one reasons yeah. just the crowd the passion the, the cobblestones the brutalness of it it's kind of a love-hate relationship you hate it when you're out there but as soon as you cross the line you love it mm. um, so I think for me yeah, stand out 100% Roubaix yeah nice good answer yeah. great answer um, if there wasn't cycling uh, what would you be doing or what would you be known for who would you be Yeah, I would never ever ever be able to sit behind a desk and do a desk job got a bit of ADHD I can't sit still I'm always on the move so it would have to, I've always said it would either be uh, in the army or in the fire oh, service yeah? Yeah, yeah yeah right yeah, cool. just something kind of like cycling kind of yeah. both them jobs hands on Yeah, get stuck in um, I've always and I got to a point in my career actually where I was I was like oh, if I don't get on the squad the British cycling squad I'll probably sign up for the army and it yeah. was like kind of make or break and I got on the squad and here I am today but 
I probably wanted a million miles away from joining the army at one point. Like the the military or the air force? No, nah, military. The military. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Sure. Did you do any like um, stuff at school with that? No, not really. Uh, no, but I've always been an outdoors guy. Yeah. Like even as a kid, I was never in the house. I was always like down the woods, taking making dens and pocket making knife fridges and yeah, yeah, little pocket knife and barbecues and that stuff. So I was just always an outdoors guy. And yeah, nice. Yeah, I could see myself in the army. Yeah, cool, nice. Um, and last one, favorite drink like. Could be alcoholic, could not be. I didn't want to necessarily say that. I think, uh, no, definitely an alcoholic uh, <laughs> choice, if I had a choice of anything, and a cider. Um, cider? Oh, I'm a massive cider Big man. Big call. Massive cider man. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any drink in the world is a cider. And I don't know if you have it over here, Strongbow. Yeah. Strongbow, it's, yeah. it's like, back home, it's kind of seen as like a cheap man's pint as well. It's just like, just call it a pint of piss. It's a bit, bit like... Uh, <laughs> You know what you see some of the hobos on the streets drinking, but oh, nice fresh pint of cider down the local pub. Can't beat that. Yeah, right. What do you do for cider in Monaco? Uh, no, there's there is you can buy Strongbow in Monaco. Yeah, um, but it's like five euro a can or something in the local yeah. shop because it's not it's not the and it's not off tap. No, it's not the same. I'm not tap. a massive cider man, but is it the same like beer? Like when you're pulling beer off tap, it's like you know a hundred times better than no. Beer. I don't think it makes as much of a difference. Yeah, like, right. So you don't necessarily go need to go to the pub and have it on tap. You no, know, no, yeah, no. whatever. If it's bottled. Oh, on I tap. just buy a twenty-four pack of Strongbow for like <laughs> fifteen quid, and it's great. It's just go from there. <laughs> Cheap and cheerful. Yeah, it does yeah, the job. Right. Rocket fuel that stuff. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> All right. Well, good. Um, good to chat to you, mate. Looking forward to you uh, ripping our legs off tomorrow in the peloton. Ah, oh, don't know about that. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Well, we got a jersey to defend now. So yeah, you do too. Maybe we can ride together. Eh? You got Caleb for the sprint. Yeah, mate. I'm going to be leading him out. I did oh, my riding okay. Cadells. That's like my one day yeah, of riding. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe you can lend us uh, Bewley or someone for the day. Yeah, what do you maybe. Think? Yeah. Maybe we'll put... Um, who have we got left? Maybe Christian. Yeah, give us Christian. He's a little strong workhorse. He loves it too. Yeah, I'll ride with him. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to it. Yeah, sweet. All right, cool, mate. Thanks. All right, cheers, mate.